I've definitely become a better founder, I think, and leader because of a lot of the things that I've learned about how all these amazing people run their teams. Welcome back to Series 10 of 40 Minute Mentor. To commemorate this year's International Podcast Day and to celebrate our 200th episode, I'm joined by 40 Minute Mentor producer extraordinaire and JBM's head of marketing, Hannah Urbanek. Hannah and I will be reflecting on the last 10 seasons of 40 Minute Mentor, sharing some stories from running and growing the podcast and also our biggest learnings, plus some spoilers of what's to come in the following months. So let's dive straight in. So I guess we should probably start at the, the very beginning as to why we started the podcast. And the truth is, it was sort of a, a seminal moment in JBM's history. We had just pivoted our business model from mainly recruiting into management consultancies and banks and bigger companies. Uh, and we were going to go all in on the tech space. So first and foremost, we were going through a, a big rebrand at JBM with a new website, new sort of marketing collateral. And we really wanted to showcase our network in tech because we've been recruiting into startups for a while, but it had always been the sort of smaller part of what we did. So part of the reason we started the podcast was as part of this rebranding exercise. And it was a good way of showcasing some of our amazing network of founders and operators. But then also for us, I think it was also a great way to create some really interesting content that would inspire and motivate our network. I think that was because we found a lot of the recruitment and exact search content at the time was really samey. And this is not to slag off our competition. We were very guilty of it as well. But a lot of the stuff you would read about was CV tips and interviewing tips. And that's all useful. But it's not the most inspiring stuff. And it's certainly not the most creative. So podcasting was relatively new at the time. And in our space, in exec search, there weren't tons of companies that had a podcast. So we thought, why not give it a go? Those were sort of two of the reasons. One was part of that rebrand. Two was about creating some really great content. I think a third reason was also that we really, really genuinely believe in the power of mentorship. I wouldn't be where I am today. JBM wouldn't be where it is today were it not for our board of advisors and mentors. And they've been so fundamental along the way, helping me with the pivot helping me with challenging hiring decisions, helping me with cash flow problems, like just they've been a constant throughout. And so I guess I've always been very grateful for mentors. I've been lucky enough to be a mentor to a number of people, particularly younger individuals in my network that were starting recruitment businesses like I did. And I guess in our day job, a big part of what we do is all focused around career consulting and advising candidates on their careers. So we've always encouraged our candidates to go out and seek mentorship and mentors. But regularly, we were getting asked, but how do I do that? Like, where do I find one? How can I be a mentor? So with that being a kind of common theme, we thought, well, this would be a fantastic topic to, to focus the podcast around. So for those people that don't have a mentor and want to use the podcast as a kind of extension of a mentor... For those who just want constant mentorship, you know, those that are always looking to develop and learn and hear inspiring stories and actionable advice, and also just to promote the concept of mentorship and, and make it more accessible, particularly the mentorship from the sorts of people that we've managed to get on the podcast, those that you probably won't get in a room with because they are running unicorn companies or their partners in VC firms. 
but there are people that want to pay it forward. And this is a great way to kind of tap into their experience and knowledge and, and access some of their, uh, their wisdom. So yeah, so kind of a combination of all those things were the reason we started the podcast. And Hannah, I guess you played an important part in this as well, because at the time you were working with the marketing agency, shout out to Create Engage, who helped us uh, with that launch, um, yourself and Nick Sinnott, who's uh, been a great friend to the business. And yeah, we sort of went on that voyage of discovery. What are your thoughts and perspectives from that time of the, or the infancy of 40 Minute Mental? Yeah, I think for me, it's very much looking at the evolution of where it all began to where we are now, right? So if we look back at the early days of 40 Minute Mentor, you know, it was very much ad hoc. At times, it was very much, oh, we want to publish an episode next month. Let's have a think who we can get on and then kind of start the process. I think back then, we'd try and, and record in person, right? So the setup was completely different. There was some process behind it from the agency side in terms of you know editing it and getting it out the door but it was very kind of light touch you know we appreciate it this isn't your your full-time job right your day job is very much headhunting so so it was very much a nice to have like fun project which could be a great kind of tool for brand awareness but fast forward to today I think we've been on a very interesting journey where shout out to everyone that's you know helped us along the way you know whether it's create engage whether it's max creative we've had great partners along the way that's shown us how to grow up a little bit when it comes to the the production side so you know we're now we've gone from ad hoc monthly episodes to structured series to basically being always on and having a weekly episode to you know even now when I look at season 10 we've got two episodes a week that we we publish so I think in that sense we've we've really stepped up the game and have really grown up but I think the part that I'm most proud of as well is that the content that we produce, the quality of the content, we really try and dig deep into people's stories and we really constantly push ourselves to find the guests who haven't gone on all the other podcasts as well. So from that side, you know, that's been a big evolution. But then also I think the process behind the scenes, right, it's quite a smooth running machine where you know we now exactly know how far in advance we want to book guests in and you know the process around researching and putting the question sets together to the actual on the day of the recording we now record remotely mostly and that's been a big shift but it's also enabled us to do so so many more recordings as well so I think it's yeah it's been quite a quite a rapid journey from where we started to where we are now so that's that's been really interesting to see yeah definitely it's very much a, a slip machine you've now created which you get a lot of compliments from the guests about which uh, makes me very proud but i think one of the other things i would say in terms of uh, from the outset we had always wanted to talk about important topics we had always wanted to use fortune mentor as a vehicle not just to shine a light on exceptional entrepreneurs and inspiring stories, but also to talk about subjects that matter and subjects that aren't always talked about in the same way. So whether it's special episodes on social mobility or mental health, on well-being, whether it's uh, diversity and inclusion and supporting underrepresented founders, there's been so many different things that we've been able to talk about that at JBM we care about, uh, genuinely care about. And it's been fun to kind of share that with the world as well and hopefully have a, a bigger impact as a result. I think that also probably is a good segue into to the sorts of guests that we've always wanted to showcase on the podcast. And from day one, we had always said 
that we wanted gender equality and that we also wanted to share diverse stories and underrepresented founders. And we've been incredibly focused on that from day one. Hopefully anyone that listens to the podcast will see that in abundance. And that is not some box ticking exercise. That is because we truly believe there are so many incredible founders that just don't get a voice in the mainstream media and across some other business podcasts. So um, we're really proud of that. It's very easy to find, you know, white male founders, but, you know, we really try and push ourselves to make sure that it's a diverse mix of stories and also a diverse mix of backgrounds. So it isn't, it isn't just all founders who, who all know each other really well and come from the same upbringing and the same background and kind of had had the same career before starting their business. But it's very much kind of a mix of various different backgrounds to showcase and inspire the next generation that, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from or what school you went to, whether you went to university, you know, there are founders out there that are building incredible business, no matter what their backgrounds. And I think it's been, for me, one of the main highlights through doing the podcast is really, I think day one, we both still remember when the first couple of episodes went out and we went, it's our families listening because, you know, (laughs) they're invested and they want to see what we're doing. But to, you know, along the way to get lots of messages saying, you know, this has inspired me to take the leap and start my own business, or this has inspired me to go and interview and get a job at, you know, Startup X. And this is what we've done since then. I think that's repetitively kind of the fuel that just gets us going and gets us to produce another season and really push ourselves to find unique voices and cover unique topics because that's what we're doing it for right yeah totally and I think the feedback we've had has really reinforced the importance of telling the real stories I think the guests we've had on have been incredibly honest about the challenges and the, the ups and downs of entrepreneurial life and given actionable advice that can be beneficial to anybody that might be going through that at the moment and that is something we've always wanted to do as well we don't want it just to we didn't want the podcast just to be like a a lovely journey through scaling a business to a unicorn status and exit and all the good stuff that happened and and all the easy so-called easy wins uh, and highlights we wanted to talk really openly about challenges and mistakes and uh, problems that you come up or you come up against every day i'd love to know what your learnings are from the last 10 series what have been the the biggest ones that stood out to you so I think for me the biggest learning has been the you know it looks quite daunting when you look at it from the outside and you look at our production plan and you go right this is non-stop 12 months through every week there's an episode but it's actually we've now established a production flow and a content creation process that you know doesn't make it feel like such hard work because it is we plan it ahead and we now know how many people do we need to interview ahead of time to meet every single production deadline so I think that's been one key learning just looking at how it's evolved from a marketing and from a content standpoint what about you because let's also be honest things haven't always gone right I think we look back at it and there's obviously a lot of success along the way but we also both know that things have gone wrong before so what what would you say have your biggest learnings been (laughs) yeah definitely things have gone wrong for sure (laughs) quite a lot and yeah and the biggest learnings I mean one is just consistency I think Uh, when the podcast was more ad hoc 
we didn't get as many listeners and we learned thanks to Mag's creator actually just the the importance of regularity making it a part of your listeners week so the episode going out at the same time every week that was a really important lesson and also just the consistency so many people start podcasts you know really excited and they run out of steam and we've kind of not done that we've kept going at it because we really believe in the impact it's having and we really want to share the stories with our, our audience so we've kept going but, but it's a slog you know it's a full it's almost like a full-time job alongside a full-time job and so there have been days where for sure we've had podcast fatigue but all the lovely feedback we get really helps validate that and and frankly all the great relationships we've built off the back of it are incredible i think the other big learning for me is just how content and podcasting specifically can be an incredible vehicle for business development for network building for learning Where else can you spend an hour interviewing a founder of a startup and get to know their culture and their story? We then use those stories to help candidates prepare for interviews with those people. And we've turned some to clients. We made revenue off the back of them. And that was never the intention. That was never the core part of the job. But it's amazing how spending your quality time with people and really digging into their story, you just build a rapport. And it's been, for me, a, a joy to see podcast guests come on, become friends, become candidates, become clients. That's been amazing. And it's just a, a kind of, I guess it goes, the learning for me is around business development doesn't always have to be the traditional ways of doing it. You can do it in other ways. And this is the most fun type of business development because, you know, not only do I get to spend a lot of time, not only can we share this, their stories with our networks, but also I'm learning as well. For me, being able to interview other founders, being able to interview people that have been in the same shoes as me, albeit often very, very different scale, but I've definitely become a better founder, I think, and leader because of a lot of the things that I've learned about how all these amazing people run their teams and, and mistakes they've made and I can kind of learn from them. So it's like a mini MBA for me. And if there was one reason why of all the different things and positives that it's brought to JBM, that's probably been one of the biggest for me personally. In terms of mistakes that, or, or, or things that have gone wrong, I'm sure our audience would love to hear about those. So Hannah, have you got any howlers that you want to share with our, our listeners? Yeah, I mean, a mistake and a a learning at the same time is appreciating who we're interviewing. And they are incredibly busy people. Founder life is a roller coaster, as, as we know, and as we hear on the podcast, and their days are unpredictable. So there are going to be no doubt last minute dropouts or rescheduling um, interviews. So I think, you know, one of the biggest ones was when we got very, and this is early days, where we got, you know, very close to our monthly publishing date and then the guests that we wanted dropped out and then we had to massively scramble to find something and replace it with. So I think it's big learning from that is very much now we plan ahead and there's hardly ever like any like really super quick turnarounds because we can plan it ahead. If you run a podcast and you get, guests on appreciating who they are and you know their crazy schedules and making space in your schedule for them to rebook I think there's also you know we are dealing with tech when we record and when we publish so I remember when everything was scheduled for one of our episodes and 
tech just wasn't cooperating on that day. And then we, you know, instead of thousands of downloads, we had like three by 9am because it wasn't playing on any of the platforms. So I also remember that, which wasn't great. Um, But, you know, you just, you, you live and learn. And sometimes it's just, you know, sometimes it's out of your control and you can't do much about it, but they are the moments that that stick with me. But I have a feeling I know which one you're going to you're going to share, which is also related to recording. Yeah. 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 I think I've said this before, but quickly. Yeah. Stylian Petrov, he was it's one of my idols. He came on the podcast in the first series, actually. He's a former Aston Villa football captain. For those of you that don't know, that is my beloved club ex-Bulgarian international he's just an incredible person but he had a really powerful story because he not only was an elite sportsman uh, a footballer but he's also uh, suffered with leukemia and he that ended his career and uh, he went through his own huge battle with that and so it was a real surprise and joy when I found out that he was up for coming on the podcast and he came all the way down from Birmingham we had a lovely walk through the park to kind of ahead of the interview we recorded it in person and then we spent an hour and a half in a room. It was a huge time commitment for him to spend 90 minutes in a in a hot room in Bermondsey with me. And then we went out for lunch. And we had a fantastic day and I really got to know one of my idols. And it was wonderful. And he was so vulnerable and so honest. And it was fantastic. Unfortunately, I I don't know how it had happened, but the, the SIM card that recorded the podcast had failed. It sort of corrupted. And so I had the the horrible experience of having to explain to him that that it had failed and we had to record again or would he be willing to and thankfully he was so gracious and the learning off the back of that was double double check and have extra recordings we now have multiple backups with every recording because i'm so paranoid about it going wrong uh, the great thing is i got on a train with a full almost like tv crew like a, a we had cameras we had sound crew and Perry, my colleague, and we went all the way up to Birmingham a few weeks later and recorded it again. It was fantastic. So we had even better content as a result. So that was one of the biggest howlers. And yeah, like he is, it has been, we actually recorded a full episode with a founder. This probably just goes to show the sorts of industry we're in, but a few weeks or maybe a few days before we were due to launch the episode, we had to can it because he was so worried that actually, because he just made a load of people redundant and he was just so worried about the, the timing. So these things happen. And uh, I think the key thing now is we're always prepared for them and we can react quite quickly if things do go wrong. What are the key milestones you're most proud of when it comes to Fortuna Mental? I mean, I think for me, it's always the messages that we get, right? So it's, you know, whenever somebody emails us and says, oh, yeah, I've been a listener for for a long time, I've been really inspired and I've gone and set up my own business. Those are the moments that really come to mind. But I think, you know, for me personally, it's also we talked about that evolution. So one of the key milestones was when we really went from reaching 100 people per series to thousands of people a series. And I'm talking, you know, jumping from 500 downloads a series to 150,000. Like it was just such a big shift for us. And I will say like, we do look at downloads, but it's not something we obsess about. And it's not something, you know, that drives us to keep on producing the podcast. But that shift was just fundamental for us because we know that we can give mentorship at scale, which is essentially why we started the podcast, right? So seeing that shift go from a few hundred really loyal listeners who, you know, I know we still have today to thousands and to see our community grow and, you know, have 
our ambassador community who are really active in making sure that the podcast is the best quality it can be and giving us really honest feedback on the questions that we ask and who we get on the podcast. So it's, yeah, I think those are my key milestones along the way where I look back and I go, that was a, a big moment for us. But what about you? What else would you add? Yeah, no, those are all so true. I mean, it was a real honour to be at the inaugural Sifted Summit to host a live podcast recording alongside some OGs of the podcast space. So that was a real great moment for us. But for me, it's not the big milestones per se. I think for me, it's actually the messages we get almost on a daily basis about how much our listeners enjoy the podcast and how helpful it's been for their careers or their businesses. And that really is just heartwarming and uh, amazing and really makes us want to keep going and, and keep creating great content. So, you know, I'm very proud of where it's come from, where it is now and where we're going and excited for the future for sure. I guess one of the other things I'm I'm really proud of is how it has kind of become a, a fundamental part of our business and actually like our business strategy as well. The podcast sits almost, uh, you know, alongside the search work we do as like a really fundamental driver of growth. So I guess, Han, as our head of marketing, do you want to share a bit more about how it intertwines with business and marketing strategy and how we measure success? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, like you say, it's, it goes hand in hand with our overall business strategy. So it is a business development tool that we use, but it's above all of that, a brand awareness tool for us. So we're very proud to have grown through word of mouth throughout the years. And this is just another step where we constantly hear people recommending the podcast to their networks and their friends and family. And that for us, it's an essential part because it basically creates this content machine for us and this wealth of knowledge that we can share to really make a difference in our community and the network that we're in. So for us, it's it's basically the fundamental of our marketing strategy. We do obviously have other levers that we pull and other content that we produce, but it is very much a fundamental part of where everything starts and where it ends as well. So it's it creates this content machine in the background because we have it's evergreen content and the interviews what we'll have forever so even if in the future there's no plans of us stopping the podcast but let's say in the future we take a break or we put a pause on the podcast there's still evergreen content that people can consume and that we can repurpose and we've you know we've done this in the past where we've we've turned content into blog posts or into LinkedIn content. And it really just kind of sparks this content flywheel, if you will, for us. So that's kind of where it fits in, in terms of strategy. And then in terms of how we measure it, I think there is a part of looking at downloads to just see whether, you know, what resonates and what doesn't resonate. But then, like I mentioned, we also have our ambassadors, our Fusi Minimento ambassadors who are there to give us feedback and to also help us get out of our own echo chamber that we've created because you know James you and I have been working together for so many years now that we do get into a rhythm of well this is you know these are the topics that we want to cover because a we're passionate about it because we have a we know that our audience is interested in it but the ambassadors are there to kind of give us a bit of an outsider perspective. So we also, you know, measure it qualitatively on their feedback as well as the feedback that we get from our audience. But, you know, the 
we do have KPIs that we set um, for every series. And those are very much embedded in relationships that we're building, as well as download numbers and exposure that we get from other podcasts and other media outlets. So yeah, I think that's, those are the main things that we measure and look at. But James, I'd also be interested, you know, it's all fair and good from my perspective, because I'm a head of marketing. So I will obviously be on board with content production. But from a founder's perspective, how did you decide when we started the podcast that this was a good investment as a founder? And what advice do you have for you know any founders listening, thinking about, should I invest in, in building a podcast? Yeah, I mean, the truth is, I am a bit of a risk taker, uh, naturally, and I am not afraid to try things. I think you have to sometimes sort of take a punt. And uh, the key thing is just sort of quickly iterate on it if it's not working and then quickly kill it if it's <laughs> if there's no value so for us it was a uh, as we said at the beginning there was a lots of different reasons for doing it and we weren't going to do it as a short-term thing it was going to be a longer term way of creating content having impact showcasing our network and our authentic voice that's the one thing i didn't mention earlier like there are so many recruitment firms that say that they're amazing and that talk about being consultative and honest and relationship driven and all that but it's it's not always the case. And um, we thought this was a great way to get our voice across. So for me, I made the decision based off those factors and wanted to really give it a go. And that for me was going to mean at least a full a year's worth of commitment to it. And I guess over time, it, it just sort of the compound effect grew in terms of listeners and impact and commercial wins off the back of it. And it just became something to invest more and more in. And then over time, it got to a point where our listenership was just really consistent. And then it was just like, okay, the ROI is here. And now we're going to take it to the next level. We're actually going to bring marketing in-house and we're going to invest even more. So for me, for any anyone listening, any founders listening about wanting to start a podcast, the reality is it's a much more saturated market now. Timing was good for us then. There weren't tons. But there is still obviously podcasts coming out all the time. And um, I think the key for me is having a really clear view on what you're trying to get out of it and go in with your eyes open that it's not a money maker at all. Yes, you can get some sponsorship, but you can only really get sponsorship when you're getting significant audience. So don't go into it thinking you're going to make loads of money off the back of it, but do go into it if you want to create great content. Do go into it and make if you have amazing guests or amazing, if you're a real real SME around a topic that's going to be super interesting for your audience. But the key thing about that, all those things is know who your audience is going to be. Have real clarity around what you're trying to achieve with it, who you're trying to create a content for, and then make sure that you're tracking ROI off the back of that. And it is a labor of love and don't go into it thinking it's going to be easy. I think you've just got to, you've got to invest a lot of time in terms of getting the right guests. If if it's a guest-led podcast, you've got to, You've got to invest a lot of time on production to make sure it's a high enough quality because there's really good quality these days compared to what they used to be. So if anyone's thinking about starting one, I, I am obviously a huge advocate for it. And I take a lot of calls with founders that want to have them and talk through my experience. It's been one of the best things JBM has ever done. But it's it's certainly not something I would just jump into. I think um, you know it, it really depends on where your audience is going to be. And if you're doing it for a commercial reason, then uh, be really careful about how much time and effort you put into to this as a channel because it's not as easy now to build a large audience. It might be that TikTok or LinkedIn or, or other channels are more valuable. I think some people start podcasts for vanity reasons and by all means go for it, but it will probably end up being a 
quite an expensive thing for you or your business. And the one thing I would also say is that basically most podcast listeners have probably up to four podcasts they religiously listen to. And so what you're doing when you create a podcast, you've got to create something good enough to knock off one of those four from their listening list. So if you think, if everyone listening to this thinks about the, the three, four podcasts that they always listen to on a weekly basis, if you're a, a real podcast listener, then you know how good it's got to be in terms of the topics, the guests, the quality to do that. And that's what you're up against. So you really have to be very thoughtful about how you go and do it. Are there any other do's and don'ts of podcasting, Ham, that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I mean, I agree with all of the ones that you just said. I think it's very much really understanding the audience that you're trying to attract and also really understanding the audience that you already have. So say you already have built, you know, your profile on LinkedIn or Instagram or any of the other social platforms, then really try and understand the audience and figure out, is this podcast going to cater towards that entire audience or is it a fraction of that audience? And just be really clear about it. And let's be honest, if it's something that you're really passionate about and something that you think can inspire or help anyone listening, then it doesn't matter whether it's thousands or hundreds of thousands of downloads. If it's, you know, the 50 core people that you want to reach, then that's a reason enough. And, you know, sometimes... A podcast can just be a one-off series, but I think be very aware of if that's what you're trying to do, then be very aware of what your success metrics will be for that. And if you're in it for the long term and you really want to build out a content machine and a podcast that everyone will listen to religiously every week, then you know it is very much being aware of the resource that's needed and your own capacity that's needed as well and the amount of time it's going to take to get the traction that you see all of the other big podcasts have right so I think it's very much staying realistic of the resources and the capacity that you have to get there and even if you know you throw a lot of money at it and you work with an agency it's not going to be a quick win. You're not going to launch one episode and be top of the charts, right? It has to be building relationships with your audience over time. So I think I'd just be very aware of that. It's not a a one hit wonder type of project. Yeah, very true. Very true. Well, um, one of the things we often get asked about is people reaching out to us saying, I'd love to come on your podcast or my boss would be great for your podcast or whatever. So we thought maybe it'd be good just to do a quick, share a couple of bits of information on what we actually look for for future reference, but also a great way to get our attention when it comes to pitching guests because some really grab our attention and some do not. So I guess in in summary, our, our main focus with guests for the podcast are founders of startups, particularly purpose-driven startups that are probably in that seed to series C sort of landscape, which is the area that we we recruit into. It's top-tier investors and impact investors. And occasionally for our sort of more specific mentorship episodes, it's operators, but we do a lot less of those. I guess the other really important thing is that we are big advocates, as we said already, around helping underrepresented founders and diverse founders. So that's another key criteria for us. And we really want people that have built incredible businesses. They've either, they're either building a category defining company or they have the ambitions to, and their product or service is really 
having huge impact or they've already done it and they've, they've hit the heights and they've created something that is so fundamental and incredible that we want to hear all about those stories. Is there anything you'd add to that, Han? And what for you when it comes to pitching, do you really want to see from people that are reaching out? Yeah, I think you, you hit on all the main qualities that we look at. I think it's also, you know, looking at what topics have we covered recently and making sure that it's not the same topic. So I think a lot of the pitches that we tend to get, it's I've seen that you've had X founder on the podcast talking about this and that. Our founder can talk about the same thing. So let's get them on. You know, yes, they could be great, but it's probably not something we can action quite quickly because if we've already discussed a certain topic in the last month, we won't want to feature the same topic again. So I think it's just being aware of that and making sure that you highlight if it is a similar topic, then what's the main difference? I think in terms of receiving pitches, it's the classic. I'm more in favor of pitches where I feel like the person on the other end has actually listened to an episode, even if it's just one, you know, and can tell me why they're interested in 40 Minute Mentor. And it's not copy and paste from our website and I know as someone who has pitched lots of guests coming onto the podcast but also done pitches for other people to get on podcasts it is difficult but as always it is sort of a numbers game but it's also a quality name game right so it is really personalizing your pitch and making sure that it's suitable for the podcast so hopefully you know with us having Having now said what we, we're looking for, hopefully that will help someone in in reaching out. And the more precise and the shorter you can be with your pitch in an email, the the, <laughs> the better for us, um, really. So so yeah, those those would be my main things. And in conclusion, before we wrap this up, what are our plans for the rest of 2023 and beyond? What are you really excited about, Hannah? Yeah, I think, you know, there's lots coming up. We're, you know, now halfway through season 10 when this is going out. So there's at least six more weeks of incredible founders sharing their stories. And we also have a very special episode to finish, finish the season on. So that's what I'm very excited about. But as always, we're already planning ahead. So I think there's some really interesting things coming down down the line in the new year. We'll obviously have season 11 kicking off, but there may be some new formats coming everyone's ways as well. Yes. Those are the things that I'm excited about. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, no, we've got some, we've got some awesome episodes still to come, including a seriously impressive founder coming on the podcast to share an incredible story of building one of Europe's most yeah, impressive businesses. And then as Hannah says, there's some very exciting things coming down the line. We'll be recording a live podcast at some point soon. And we also have been approached about something also incredibly exciting that I'm not able to share much about now. And uh, yeah, just from Hannah and I, I think it's safe to say we just want to say a massive, massive thank you to everybody for continuing to support and listen. Thank you in advance for leaving us a five-star review because it really matters. And huge thanks to those that have already done that. And please, we are so receptive to feedback. So do let us know what you want to hear on the podcast in the future. And we'll endeavor to take that on board and make the podcast even better in the years ahead. So thank you. And thank you to you, Hannah, for being a fabulous co-pilot on this adventure, this wild ride of podcasting together. It's been a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun. (laughs) Thank you. 
That's all from us today, but do make sure you check out the links in the show notes for more on today's 40 Minute Mentor. And if you have any recommendations for future guests, then why don't you drop our head of marketing and 40 minute mental producer, Hannah, a line on hannah at jbmc.co.uk. Thank you so much for your ongoing support. And I look forward to seeing you again next week for more pocket-sized mentorship. Mm-hmm.